Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're going to mouth off too. Bam. This is Mouthing Off with Olivia. Let's get started. Yeah. We've got a first time podcaster here, our podcast guest, I guess. <laughs> uh, you saw her, Kimberly Vick, who was Kimberly Sullivan, uh, back when we saw her on Jake Pavelka's season of The Bachelor. And admittedly, you kind of weren't around until this uh, this past month when you went viral on TikTok. Yeah, it's uh, pretty wild. I went home night one on Jake's season. Um, and this was back in 2009. Right. When like, Instagram wasn't around and I'm, I'm, I'm aging myself right now, but like social media was not a thing when I went on the show. So I went on there and I got sent home night one. I was, I was shocked and like, what is happening here? And I came home and then nothing, I mean, nothing happened with it. I didn't go yeah. on the women's wall and you know, I didn't do anything until recently, because it wasn't until recently that I really kind of understood the gravity of the experience and why it still is a little bit, I don't want to say traumatic. It is trauma. Yes. Yeah. I went on TikTok and I was like, you know what? I'm going to share my story. I think that it's important for other people to know. I don't claim that there are, that everyone goes through this same experience. I think you might have had an experience. Did I? Uh, <laughs> did I did I recognize some things that you said? Yeah, maybe. And it's really funny. You're not the first uh, alum yeah. to say something like that to me since I came out and told my story. A lot of people um, have, is from my season and from other seasons have been like, you know what, that's that is exactly how it was for me. And, you know, and then I get questions like, well, why do people continue to go on the shows then? Why, you know, why do they do the spinoffs? And I said, well, I, I'm not them. I can't speak for them and, and attest to why they do the things that they do. Maybe they really, truly did not have the same experience as us. Well, okay, let's, before, I'm going to treat you like any guest because I want to okay. know the backstory. I want to know everything. So you, before you did this one night of reality TV, Career-wise, relationship-wise, what was going on in life? I was 23, pretty fresh out of college. Um, I, Same. I did a, okay. So yeah, I did a fifth year, which is looking back, like 23 in Oklahoma is old. You know, you I might as well have been a spinster at that time. Like all my friends are getting married. Everyone's like, "Why don't you have a boyfriend?" And I'm like, "I can't find. There's no." we're in Oklahoma. I mean, what, what are my, my choices? Right. Mm -hmm. And I, um, and so I was, I was a thunder girl for the Oklahoma city thunder basketball team. And one of the girls that I danced with, she was engaged. She'd gotten engaged on our, um, first year of thunder girls I was about to get married. And she decided that she wanted to nominate me for the show. And, and they called me and they said, we have a really wonderful nomination from one of your friends, but it's anonymous. Oh. And I was like, 
that's, that's who would nominate me? That's so weird. And it said, you know, Kimberly is just a, an amazing person. And I want her to be able to find the same thing that we all have. And I think she should go on the show. And I was like, oh, that is so nice of her. Wow. Okay. But I didn't know who it was. So I searched and I asked everybody I knew. And then finally I asked Brittany and I was like, someone nominated me. Was it you? And she was like, oh yeah, that was me. <laughs> I was like, okay. Just nonchalant Thanks. here. Okay. Thanks. You failed to mention that last time we got drinks. <laughs> <laughs> so when I went on the show, um, tryouts had actually already been done for Thunder. So I wasn't currently a Thunder girl when, when filming started. I was when I got chosen for the show, but you know, when filming starts, I had to quit Thunder Girls because of it. So I, uh, that was pretty much about all I was doing. I didn't have a boyfriend for a while. Um, and it's so funny looking back at it. I'm like, 23 is so young. So young. And I'm not saying that you cannot get married and have a successful relationship at 23, but it is very There's young. a lot of life to live. I mean, I was 23 when I did the show and at that point, I was like, oh my God, marriage. Um, but also having now been 29 almost and still single, oh my God, thank God that I that it didn't work. Right. Not to say that if it had, we would have gotten married, but point being like life is vastly different. So much can happen. And I, I always tell people, specifically younger girls, because I still do a lot of stuff with the thunder. And, um, I have a lot of girlfriends who are in their twenties and I still tell them, I'm like, I changed so much from 23 to 26. 27 was a big year too. I mean, yes. Yeah. And I just feel like you don't, I mean, you're ever changing, ever evolving and you can do that in a relationship. That's fine, but it's harder. Yeah it's harder to really come into your own and find yourself. So, I mean, obviously it worked out fine. I'm fine. <laughs> There's just a little trauma still there. Okay. Um, okay. Well, why were you a fan of the show before? Like, had you watched uh, Jake? I did watch that season. Okay. It's, Who was his bachelorette? Why am I? Uh, Jillian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I watched Jillian's season of the bachelorette, but I couldn't really tell you much about it prior to that. And I don't know hmm. why, again, it was not that big of a show because social media now I feel like has just kind of perpetuated the reality TV franchises and things like that. But so I watched Jillian season and I can't remember what season, maybe Brad or, but I watched like the, the few seasons leading up to my season. So I obviously knew about the show. I mean, I, I thought it was extremely cool. I was like, this is the coolest experience I'm ever going to have. And I want to go into it with an open mindset and an open heart and just try to be the best version of myself that I can be. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> that was about all I knew about it was, yeah. was just, well, this is a show about love, right? Everyone, they want you to find love. Yes, that's, that's all it is. They want 30 <laughs> girls to go in and find love with one man. How much work did you personally put into the prepping, the packing, the hair, the 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 spray tan? Like what led up to this night one for you? 
Um, a lot of conversations with the casting producers. Yeah, they talked to you before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, again, don't know if this experience is the same for everyone, but I, I remember in my casting process, they would call me multiple times. I mean, we talked weekly even, and just to chit chat about. To get to know you. Yeah. Get to know. They just want to know you know, who you are and what your past is like and, and your deep, dark secrets and, oh, don't worry about it, you know? And, and so I, I, I spoke with them quite a bit, which made me feel pretty comfortable asking pretty silly questions like, well, what if I need to get a spray tan Mm -hmm. or what if I need to get my nails done on the show or stupid stuff like that? Because that for me, I was like, well, I'm going to be on TV. I need to know these things. And it's funny. I, you, you mentioned hair, my, um, experience on it. I, I, I was a Thunder girl. Right. And they love to give each girl a specific look. And so they, they chopped my hair off. Mm. So when I went on the show, I was especially not my best, cutest self self. Yeah. I had a short, like Bob, Bob haircut, yeah. not super cute, but also 2009. I mean, I mean, I love a Bob, so I was here for it. You don't see Bobs on the show very often. Yours is trendy and like (laughs) cute. Mine was, it's growing out from being a pixie cut, right? So honestly, the hair for me, my hair, my sister's a hairstylist. So I got my, I got my hair done right before I went on the show. That was not an issue for me. Then they were like, well, you know, spray tans don't really come off very well on TV. So take that for what you want. So like, I didn't get a spray tan before I went out there (laughs) (laughs) and then packing, my gosh, you know, they give you a packing list, but it's like, okay, make sure you bring a coat and also make sure you bring lots of swimsuits. Yeah. They don't tell you like where you're traveling. It's just like, you basically have to pack for two different seasons in two bags and fit ball gowns. Yes. And so I came up with, I was like, well, I'll just pack in these compression. Yeah. The compression type bags, the air sealed bags or whatever uh-huh. that worked out fine uh, my bags were heavy I mean I had I had spent weeks trying to plan what I was going to be taking and packing um, my mom and sister and I went on a little shopping trip and I bought a few things but that's another thing that a lot of people don't know is you don't have wardrobe there's no stipend no, you just have to buy whatever you think would look good on the show. Mm-hmm. You can't wear, you know, busy patterns right. and you can't no wear logos. no logos. So it was a lot of like black for me and a lot of plain stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I pretty much just bought it all. Yeah, And I ended up carrying all of my dresses onto the plane. Smart. Then I got asked, oh, what's in the garment bag? What, why are you, why are you carrying all those dresses around? Going to a wedding. I'm in a pageant. <laughs> There's a, I mean, that's a great lie. I had never done a pageant before. Uh, hey, you could pass. And then, yeah, that so that was leading up to night one. I, and most people go into night one with like a, oh, I'm going to, I have like a kitschy thing that I'm going to do. Well, I didn't have anything Yeah. because again, 2009 was totally different than it is now. I mean, a lot of people just got out of the limo and said, Hey, hello, I'm Kimberly. It's good to meet you. But is that what you did? <laughs> no. What did you do? That's the, I don't. 
every I was fine doing that, but the producers kept coming into my room being like, well, what are you going to say? Yeah. I didn't bring anything. I mean, I don't have any idea. And they're like, well, you know, we'll think about it. We'll help you with it. And then they never did until we like get in the limo and we're waiting to drive up. And they're like, you know, what if you kind of played up the whole Oklahoma, Texas thing? You know, he's, he's a huge uh, University of Texas fan. You're an old Oklahoma Palm dancer. Like, you could really play this up. You should say something about the schools. Yeah, you could have said something about, like, rivals or something like that. Like, OU in Texas. That's the thing. Yeah. And so, like, for me to say, I don't know why I said this, but I get out of the limo and I'm like, hey, um, you know, I know you're from Texas and I'm from Oklahoma, but, like, let's put our college football differences aside. And um, just this one time, I'll say it. And I said, hook them horns. I mean, honestly, it could have been worse. And it's fine. My mom was supportive of it. And I think that's all that matters. So that was a pretty interesting um, experience for me. Did you feel like, oh, yeah, this is totally what I should do? Or did you feel the power to say, despite whatever they were encouraging, hi, I'm Kimberly? I think at that point... I was a little panicked okay. because they made it seem like what I was going to say just wouldn't be good enough, which I, I can understand that. But I, I didn't have another idea. So I think at that point, I was just like, well, this is my only choice. Okay. So I should just go ahead and say it and it'll be memorable because it'll be something that no one else will say anything like that. And he'll remember me because I'm the girl from Oklahoma that said hook'em horns. Like True. And so at that point, I, I didn't ever feel like I I was being forced to say that by any means. Go back really quick. The production producer, he, she, that was talking to you before y'all even started filming, right? Did you have the perception that this person was like your, your friend? Oh, 100%. I thought we were like best friends at that point. I mean, my producer, and I, again don't know enough about like the inside of bachelor franchise, but my producer actually came to do my package, my intro package came to Oklahoma city. So I felt like every single time I talked to him, I was, I was having a conversation with friends. Did you also feel like because you got a package and all this stuff that there's no way you're going home night one? They told me Jake is going to love you you'll probably be gone X amount of time. So be prepared for that. I felt so good about it all. Very confident. Yes, I was like, God, I'm, I'm gorgeous. Like I'm perfect and he's I'm gonna the one. <laughs> he's gonna love me. Oh. It didn't go that way. Before we get to it not going your way. Your first impression of Jake. I think it's hard to say my first in-person impression of him was handsome Mm -hmm. a little shorter than I thought he was not in a bad way good for me because I'm five three um and welcoming I mean I didn't I didn't feel nervous he was extremely nice to me when I when I got out of the limo I think he could tell that we're all nervous yes and he had said something to me that not very many people say I hear it more now as an adult but I have never heard anybody tell me this, but people were like, he was like, your eyes are beautiful. And I was like, 
I was, I was super taken aback by that because not very many people have said that, had said that to me in the and past. And, he's the one. and I was like, so I, I immediately felt better when I, when I talked to him, cause I was like, oh my gosh, he's so kind. And I can tell he really genuinely wants us here. So did you have a conversation with him after that? I did throughout the night. I had been pulled aside quite a bit for, you know, interviews Interviews. or whatever. Um, The night was, was really long. Very long. I mean, it's, it starts at the actual cocktail. I think it probably starts at, I mean, you don't have your phone, so it's hard to tell, but I'm assuming like nine is when the first limo pulls up. I think it's earlier than that. Maybe closer to nine when you actually get there. But I remember leaving the hotel at like six or seven. But I just remember it being an extremely long day and a long night. So I would look at the, there was a clock on the oven or in the kitchen. somewhere, And I remember looking at the clock and being like, oh my gosh, it's only only 2 a.m. We still have the rest of, like, I might die. But I didn't ever feel. I never felt tired night one. And I did, I wasn't really much of a drinker back then. So I didn't really drink. I had, I had a couple of glasses of champagne, but it was never like, okay, down the hatch goes another, you know? Yeah. Which I know is, I think, a, a common misconception. I was sober on my season. Yeah. I think a lot of people think that you're just drinking the whole time, which there is the option. So I don't feel like that was ever an issue for me, but me um, throughout the night, they were like, oh, come on, let, you know, I'll pull you for another interview. And then they would ask kind of silly questions like, oh, well, what did you think about the way that um, she did blah, 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 or whatever it was. And I would just kind of be like, oh, I thought it was really funny. And they'd be like, yeah, but it was kind of, it was like kind of rude, right? The producer's worst nightmare. Come on. (laughs) We didn't know these things, but at the same time, I didn't feel comfortable. I mean, it got to a point where I was like, I don't know these people. I don't feel comfortable saying that. It definitely, I think, in my opinion, hindered getting time with them. They pulled me into a two-on-one sit-down mm. with Catherine, who's wonderful. And she had a story about an engagement ring that she wore because she was a flight attendant. And so they were like, you're going to sit with him. Like, you'll be there, but like, it's not going to be focused on you. And I was like, well, then, okay, but do I, like, it? am I going to get more time? And they were like, no, like, we'll get to you. We'll get to you. And, um, it didn't, yeah, it didn't work. It was obvious you weren't going to play the game. That is, that was the the perception that I had when I went home or when I later thought about the things that I had said. And even more recently, we have a couple of Facebook questions too. Um, Olga Perotikova, did you have any interactions with Vienna on the first night? And what were your, what was your first impression of her? It's so funny that that's a question. Um, Cause one of the first things that I said to my family when I got home, obviously my whole family knew I went on the show, but when I got home and I was telling them about it, um, I told them, I was like, you know, there was one girl and I just did not get a good feeling from her. Mm-hmm. And if he chooses her, I, I was not the person for him. I did have interactions with her and she was to me as at the, on the show as sort of loud and boisterous and out there and kind of mean 
as the show actually did portray, but I don't necessarily think that's who she was. I really truly think that at the time she was just kind of wrapped up in this like, oh, well, I won't take your parting gift because I won't be leaving anytime soon. You know, and she would just make snide comments like that. And again, that's not my personality. And so I didn't click with that. The night is very, very long. I'm assuming the first impression Rose comes out. Then you're like, shit, I didn't get any time yet. Um, And this thing is probably wrapping up after this. So you get to the Rose ceremony. Did you, as you're standing on those bleachers, feel confident? I thought for sure I would get a rose. Okay. I don't know what made me think that, but I was like, there are so many other terrible, not terrible, that sounds bad. There are so many other people here who I would just not have have pegged him with, or that girl was super dramatic. Why would he choose her? Or Vienna was being kind of mean, like, why would he choose her? And then he didn't choose me. And I was like, well, I feel so stupid. You were like, oops. So then, okay. So you're you're confident-ish when you're first standing on the bleacher stuff. Yep. Then as the roses start coming out and then Chris comes in, Jake, ladies, this is the final rose tonight. What are you feeling at that point when it's down to you and I don't remember who else, but. I mean, this sounds so ridiculous, but I genuinely thought in my mind, I'll get the last rose. And it ended up going to a girl named Michelle. Okay. She was like, oh my, she was, she was kind of a dramatic one uh, Uh. on the next couple of episodes. Um, And then went on, I think, to be in uh, one of the spinoff shows. I can't remember. It wasn't Bachelor in Paradise at the time. It was... Pad. Yes, Bachelor Pad. I think she went on Bachelor Pad. So um, I'm much more fitting you know, that she stayed probably than me because I think she brought a lot to the show that I probably would not have. I would, But I just remember, I vividly remember it like it was yesterday. Him saying her name, watching her be dramatic about being the last person and being like, don't do that ever again. Like, don't scare me. I remember that now. Don't scare me like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I went home and I was like, thank you so much. (laughs) I was calm. I mean, I, I was confident until I didn't get a rose. Let's just talk for a second about you kind of touched on this, like how wrapped up in everything you get, right? Like from basically the moment that you know you're going on, you're just trying to like convince, not convince yourself, but you really do believe that Jake is the all-time greatest dude in the world and that he is 100% your husband. For sure. I There were there was a lot of skepticism about who was going to be the lead right. my season. And, when, and even when I got casted, they had not confirmed that it was Jake yet. And so it was kind of going around that like Kipton was going to be the lead maybe. Um, So he was in the talks and then there were a couple of other guys, but I kept telling them, I was like, I like Jake. I love that he's from Dallas. Um, I, I feel like he's sensitive. And then we kind of had that breakdown on uh, Jillian's season. He came back and cried um, he pulled a Mesnick. We love a crier. We love yeah. a man that can cry. <laughs> yeah. So he, um, so in my mind, I was like, I feel like we'll have a lot in common. I, you know, and so I wanted it to be him. And with, with that in mind, I was like, well, now that it's Jake, I was excited. I, I thought we, again, we'd have a lot in common. I thought that he was attractive, 
um, funny. I know that he's kind of a jokester. So I truly thought at some point, because I'm 20, I was 23 in the South, like this could be the one for me. Feelings that you felt going home night one, when we go back to my question earlier about how much work you put into coming, what did that feel like for you? Honestly, didn't even think it, it, it was all kind of a blur to me at that point when I was walking out of the mansion, like, what do I do now? My, my initial thought was, oh my gosh, my entire family is in Texas right now because it was OU Texas weekend. And so my whole family had gone to Texas and this was on Friday morning. <laughs> we filmed on Thursday night. It's like 7 a.m. at this point, 6 a.m. Yeah. yeah. And I knew that my whole family was leaving on Friday to go down to Texas. So that was my initial thought was, oh my gosh, my family's not home. This was before Uber, mind you. So how am I going to get home from the airport? <laughs> how am I going to get home from the airport? Like I had everything meticulously planned out to yeah. a T and then I can't figure out how I'm going to get home from the airport. Right. So that was kind of my, that was my initial reaction. And then it was, okay, what do I do now? Like you quit your job. I get a job. <laughs> so yeah, I, I did. I, I already did have a job which was great. I was able to come back to that, but not a lot of people are. Oh, so you got to go back. That's good. Still, it's like you plan to be gone for six weeks. You, you're, you're planning to be the last one standing six weeks yes. later. Yes, that was, and I was like, well, I mean, I re vividly remember having a conversation with my producer that was like, okay, well, you know, <laughs> go to Thanksgiving. So what happens then? And he was like, yeah, usually the, the leads, they'll like go off on their own and have like a, a, a break after filming and just like be in a secluded almost like a vacation but secluded and just the two of them or whatever to like you know wrap and so yeah they were like he was like you may not be able to spend thanksgiving with your family <laughs> because i was still gonna be gone that time i was gonna win the show so <laughs> weren't we all so was i so I've like planned for all of that. And then when it, you know, I go home and I'm like, I'm leaving now. Is, is he going to change his mind? Like I'm walking out and I'm like, maybe I can get him to change his mind. I just kind of felt stupid, which I don't know why. Ever, like lots of people go home night one. I mean, my, my good friend, Tiara, who I'm still extremely close with went home night one. And she said she just felt stupid. Like, Yes. Everyone in there was a quality woman, but it, it's different to go home night one when like you barely got any time. You put in all this work. You you did all this packing. It's literally like you were just in the, the hotel, you know, 12 hours ago and now you're you're going home. It, it, it is. And I, I don't even feel like I was like, why did I go shopping? Like, why did I pack all of this stupid stuff? I didn't even get to wear any of it. I was in you know, secluded in a hotel for four days. Oh, wait, sorry. Here's what she said. In the, at the end of the day, he, he maybe had like 2.5 minutes with some people and a longer time with other people. But what was my 2.5 minutes? Why was it so bad compared to the 2.5 minutes he had with someone else that was like, no, you got to go now. Uh, yes. Um, I feel like I know why my 2.5 minutes 
talking well, to him was was bad enough um, because I told a really stupid joke. He put me on the spot and he was like, oh, I love jokes. Give me a joke. And I was like, I'm funny, buddy, but like not that funny. It's not like I have, I'm not just going to like pull something out of, out of my pocket here. I don't have a list of, of jokes. So I told a really stupid jokes and I will, I still lose sleep about it. I can't believe I, I can't believe I did that. Do you remember it? Yes, I remember it. What Everyone it? knows it. It's, it's the one that's like, well, you know, what time do you go to the dentist? 2.30. <laughs> yeah. I would have cackled at that. <laughs> he laughed. He was definitely very nice about that's it. That's not why you went home. Okay. That's not why yeah. <laughs> That joke like, is not I why you went home. I swear I'm funnier than that guy. It's like, so I agree with, I agree with her. It's, it's embarrassing. It's, um, it makes you feel stupid. I, I felt like I had been played a lot. Well, let's talk about the, the situation that really made you viral. Um, the interview exit interview. So, so please describe even the little bit of the backstory of like why that would have been what happened would have been offensive to you or traumatic for you? Yeah. Um, so I backstory a little bit of context. Like I said, you're communicating with them pretty much nonstop for five months. I mean, I started the casting process in May and then we didn't go out until October or end of September, September yeah. um, for, for filming. And so they know they're just asking questions pretty much anything so tell us about your family life what's your home life like you know what are you doing now um how are your friends tell us a little bit about your backstory and why are you still single so they pretty much just ask everything and in my brain I thought that was just to get to know my charming personality of course you know of course and so I, I pretty much tell them everything because at 23, I'm 23 and from Oklahoma, I'm pretty trusting. So I just kind of thought like, oh yeah, they're asking me, I, I should tell them. I'm not, I'm not quiet about my, about my situations. I'm, I'm pretty open about, um, to my friends and to, you know, people about, about the things that have happened to me in the past and, you know, when I was 18, um, my best friend killed herself. And that to me was a really pivotal moment in my life that I, it, it really helped shape who I was um, because it made me realize, it made me realize a lot about myself and then also a lot about my friends. I mean, I feel like it, it, not turned me into this more caring person, but, um, and I don't know if you follow like an Enneagram type, but I'm a type two where I almost always feel like I'm like overdoing now for other people, which is not, a, I don't think a bad thing, but I, I, I feel like I'm almost trying to make up for the fact that I didn't feel like I was there enough for her. So there's that story. And then also for about basically my entire middle school, high school life, my dad was having an affair 
And so that was another thing that really shaped me and molded me as a person. So those are two extremely important things in my life that I felt like I could share with someone else. Well, that you would share with someone you were dating. Yes. Yeah. I would share it with a friend. I mean, like I said, I'm not secret about it, secretive about those kinds of things. So like I said, they know that about me. I'm leaving and we're all doing, we all have to do our exit interviews. They, I mean, there were 15 of us that went home night one or whatever it was, 10. And so the the interviews are taking a while, but they pulled me aside and, and they're like, okay, well tell, you know, tell us how you feel. You're going home. How does that make you feel? And originally I was like, I had told them up and down multiple times prior to filming, everything happens for a reason. Like whatever happens is meant to be. And so I said that in my initial interview, Hmm. I said, it's fine. I'm going home. I mean, I was not crying. I was fine with it because I didn't know him. I literally said one stupid joke. You talked for maybe five minutes, if not less than that. I was, I made a bet. I was closer with the girls that I met. I'm still close with the girls that I met and I don't even haven't even spoken to Jake since that night. Right. So would you? Yeah. So in my brain, I'm just like, I'm fine. And they were like, yeah, but I mean, how do you really feel? And I was like, no, seriously, it happens for a reason. I am leaving here tonight because this was not meant to be. And they, they said it again. And they were like, yeah, but this time, I mean, gosh, your dad had an affair and your best friend killed herself. And so this is just another failure that you can add to the list. And my, the tears immediately filled my eyes. I was tired. I had been up for 24 hours at that point. That's an extremely traumatic thing for me. Those are two of the worst things that have ever happened in my life. And they're not your failures also. Not my failures, but they're, they're, the way that it was said. Made it seem like they were. Yes. And I do a good enough job of making myself feel bad as it is. I don't need someone to help me in that. Yeah. And they did. And I left, I bawled and I said, you know, I I really thought that this could have been something and I guess it just wasn't. And I'm upset about that. They didn't make me say any of that, but it was almost as if I was crying at that point and I didn't know what else to say. And then I left and I get home and I, I tell my mom that. And she has been trying to tell me for 12 years, pardon my French, but that's a real shitty thing to say. It is. And it took me a really long time to realize that like, that was really wrong. You don't know until you see it when you really like sit with it. I mean, I, I know they had all of us fill out that giant, you know, whatever it was like, it was like a 50 page that's dramatic, but it was, it was a huge packet of everything about your life. And it included things like insecurities, bad things that have happened, body things, bad things, good things. I mean, everything. And that's when it's like that, you know, they ask you, who's your favorite band musician, what kind of, you know, food do you like they want to know everything for this reason because they don't set up dates (laughs) 
without that kind of stuff in mind. Like if you if you hate turtles, you're gonna go on a turtle date. <laughs> you're going on a turtle date. Exactly. I understand that feeling after the fact because you didn't really understand in the moment what had really happened and no. And I feel like you get so caught up in it too because of the cameras, the lights, the energy, you know, and so you get really caught up in the moment and it's, it really doesn't sink in until either you watch it or you take a few years to kind of think about it. Or one day you just wake up and you're like, I feel really awful about that now. Yeah. I should probably go talk to a therapist about my issues. <laughs> do it all the time, girl. I do have a, I do have a question for you and, and someone, Marnie Braithwaite asked this, but I'm going to ask it a little differently. Did the person that did this to you, was this the same producer that had been close to you the entire time? Yes. We, it was the same producer that came to my house and had dinner with my family. Did you hear from anyone after the fact Gina Stevenson asked, or was it just like they dropped a bomb and then that was it? After I left, the only time that I had contact with any of the producers was when Elon called me to let me know about my episode. Mm -hmm. And then, but yeah, I mean, I've had, I'm still pretty good friends with a few girls from the cast. Um, a lot of girls from my season, I mean, Tenley and Allie went off to do much bigger things. Love me some Tenley. I know. She's so sweet. She, and she was, a, I mean, she actually just is that pure as a person. She's that pure. Yeah. I didn't know it was possible, but here we are. So, um, but yeah, there are a couple of girls that I still consider really great friends. Um, one of them I see pretty much yearly um, and we talk all the time. So it's nice that that has come out of it. And we've talked about our situations and stuff like that. Um and so it's not, it's nice to be able to talk to someone who, who knows or who was behind the scenes. I think it's a little bit therapeutic to have those connections. Um, but that's about it. I don't mean this in like a, why now? But like, why now? Like why, what, what made you feel like I just have to say something? I, I think one, because TikTok is sort of an anomaly as a social media platform um, things like Instagram are great, but they're for more people who are, you know, extremely put together and their, their life is a highlight reel and you don't really know everything that's going on behind closed. Not, not everyone. There are, there are a few people on there who are very transparent, but I also kind of, I kind of just went on TikTok because nobody knows me on there. Um, and I felt calmer being able to tell my story on there because I was a little worried that it would get, get, I'm an empath and I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings by telling the story, specifically my dad. Um, because obviously, you know, you make mistakes in life and, and this is not something that I was just like trying to blast about my dad and bringing other people into the situation makes it a little bit more complicated. And so I went on TikTok specifically to be like, hey, if a few people see this and get to know a little bit about the behind the scenes of the show, then great, I've done my job. If I can warn people that this is what it's like, I've never said, don't go on the show. I mean, I think that if that's something that you want to want to do, then you should do that. 
I just am saying, and I have, I have talked to girls that I've tried to help get on the show. I, I said, just try not to be as open as I was. I could say that too. And I, I, and I, I will stand by that. So I, um, I, I go on TikTok and I was like, oh, you know, like a few people will see this and, and now it's at a million or something like that. Well, and the story and what the funny thing is, I think the people, the thing that still keeps getting people to my TikTok account is actually just me answering a question. I had stitched something with another girl who was like, I think the names are written on the roses. Right. And I was like, that's a great idea. That is not how it happens. There's no way, but no, but that's a good idea. Well, so that's what got people to my page. And that has a lot of views. And then, and then they started actually watching my story and then people started reposting my story. And I was like, I actually had a little bit of anxiety about it um, uh, because I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And I didn't want people to think that I was, I was out there just trying to gain clout um, or whatever it is. I'm like, people are still not going to know my name just because I have a story, but like I said, if it helps a few people going on the show to kind of keep themselves a little bit guarded. As someone who does feel like my experience was a trauma, it's not that I'm glad other people experience trauma, but more so that people are willing to talk about the fact that like, almost like they're vouching for how I feel. Yes, you know? exactly. And so a couple of people from my season have actually commented on my TikTok and they're like, yes, girl, like it's exactly how I felt too. And I felt so validated. I was like, yeah, oh my gosh, maybe I'm not crazy. Like maybe that's really how it is. And, or at least with, with the majority of us, we all sort of feel the same way. That's what I keep coming back to. And like you said, I don't want anybody to feel, you know, like, oh, yay, we felt the same way. Like, yay, we both had. You also struggled. <laughs> yeah. But like, yay. also, <laughs> yeah. I am glad that I'm, that I feel that my feelings are valid. Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of, long story long is kind of why I decided to do it now. Like I said, TikTok's an anomaly. It's a social media platform. You can go on there, you know, looking like you know, the worst person in the world. And people don't care about that. No. And if I were to do that on any other platform, then it would have been like, oh, frowned upon maybe? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, you did great. You looked good. You had the nice little background thingy dingy. I don't understand TikTok. I don't know how to do it, but you nailed it. (laughs) The green screen? (laughs) Don't know how to do it. Don't know. Don't know. I don't either. It's really, it's, it's kind of complicated. I'm like, hi, I need like a TikTok assistant or something. Let's talk a little bit about Jake's season. I'm assuming you watched Oh, yeah. So thoughts, like, especially considering you felt certain things about certain people night one, like, how did it play out versus, like, how you thought it might? I was like, oh, surely, like, me and I will go home. And it sounds really bad. I, I truly, I... I really do not think Vienna's a bad person. I We're just speaking in terms of what you feel. Yes, just speaking in terms of what you see on TV. I was like, and then my initial impression of her, which I feel like a first impression goes a very long way. Um, so when you're meeting someone for the first time, you know, and so when I, when I met her and she was the way she was, I was like, surely he does not see anything in her. And like, surely it's Timely, right? Like, it just kept being Timely. And then he picked her 
And I was like, okay, that's why I went home. <laughs> um, I also, when they went on the camping, the, they, their trip, I don't remember what y'all did, um, but, but their trip was a getting into an RV and going up and down the coast of California. Like that's what they did as a group. Hmm. So when I was watching that, I was like, man, I really dodged a bullet on that one. (laughs) I, I am so glad that that's not me. And so then that, you know, it would show them at night, like, like camping and roasting marshmallows. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but that is, I do not like, that's not me. No, thank you. Um, There were a lot of things that really shocked me. He had a two-on-one with Catherine and I can't remember who was the other one. There were two of them and he ended up saying, and I, I feel like this was kind of a big thing at the time. He ended up sending them both home. Watching it back, right? Like yeah. I, I've podcasted with Vienna um, and I do understand at least in terms of like the breakup, the manipulation that she went through, you know, and she talks about the fact that her relationship was not perfect with Jake. Like I don't question that. For sure. Did you at all watch him and think like, oh yeah, like glad, glad I went home the first night? It really wasn't until his... The breakup interview? The breakup interview that I was like, okay, he's, she's a little dramatic. Yes. But also rightfully so. I feel like he was being awful. It was manipulative. It was extremely manipulative. Yeah. And that was at the point where I was like, okay, maybe I really did dodge a bullet. Now, I say that now, knowing that I take everything that show that is shown on TV with a grain of salt. You have to, yeah. I don't know. I truly don't know what's, what's going on in these interviews. I don't know what's going on. You know, what did they edit out? I don't know what Jake and Vienna had done prior to that interview. I I only know what I saw in the interview. And in the interview, it it looked like he was pretty controlling. Very. That was the point where I was like, that is obviously not a relationship I would ever want to be in. Oh, my God. I forgot. And sweet Gia was on your season. Yeah. I loved Gia. I know. She was. What a beautiful angel. She was one of those where, like, you met her. And, and I only met her that one night. I didn't, you know, talk to her after or anything like that, but she, she really made you feel like you were the coolest person, just her personality, you know? Um, and then, um, there was another girl from my season and it's, and it's kind of like, does any of this correlate? Not that, not that there's a, a direct correlation, but like, Mm -hmm. does it, to sort of snowball into sort of a depression. I was really depressed. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about, I was suicidal. And I, I I believe I, I, I'm not saying that it, that is why I think that there are obviously other factors at play, but I think there's a lot of factors in that. Like the attention that you're getting is something I don't think anyone is really equipped to deal with. And I I do believe that even if you're the you get the best edit in the world, there's still going to be people who are attacking you, and and no one is prepared for that. One hundred percent. Yeah, and then your life just completely changes. Your relationships change. Your friendships change. 
it's it's a lot of change that yeah. could be attributed to the overall experience. Absolutely, will, I think absolutely. Someone wanted to know. I mean, I know that you do still watch the show because yeah. I'm assuming because your your bio says you're the okayest <laughs> Bachelor commentator. But did you at all feel like icky watching the show after? coming to that realization or has oh it yeah changed? okay oh yeah I mean and I watch it with my friends weekly um because it's just more fun that way but the reason I do that is because it does make it more fun for me um I definitely feel like I I look at things through a completely different lens um like my friends will make comments like oh my gosh I can't believe she said that, or I can't believe she's acting like that. And I'm like, yeah, but what's the real story? Like what is really going on? I'm like, not fun to watch the show with. Cause I'm always like, uh, but like, I, and I, I truly like, I like to make fun of it because I feel like because I went on the show, it kind of gives me the right to be able to make fun of it <laughs> and make fun of the things that are said or how it's edited or whatever. And so that's why I like doing it. Someone asked me, they were like, you really like the show though. I mean, like you really like it. And I was like, I don't love it. I, I say, I hate watch it. I, I, yes, exactly. I do it because it's fun for me. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, I'm having like this conflict of, of interest because it's like, I do, I used to love this show and then I had yeah. such a shit time, but I still want to like really love it. Yes. Um, it works for some people in love. I think because I do take it with a grain of salt, that's why I'm able to watch it. Let, let's talk about your life now because okay. life is good now. Yeah. I, um, I, when I got back from the show, I did, um, I got a great job out of a big oil and gas company here in Oklahoma City. I was able to do one more year of Thunder Girls. I you know, dated off and on. And then I met my, my now husband, um, in 2011 and we started dating in 2012. So, right. Yeah. 2012. And then basically for nine, almost nine years, we've been together and it's crazy. We've, we got engaged, we got married, we have dogs, no kids, because we don't want that, mm -hmm. which is totally fine. It's also totally okay. Yeah. You don't have to have babies. That's great. Yeah. And um, and we bought a house, and now we just kind of, um, and then, you know, COVID hit, and so, but we're about to celebrate six years on March 1st is our anniversary, so we're about to hit six years, oh and um, it's crazy how time flies. And I really, truly never thought that I would meet someone. I mean, it, I met him when I was 26. We started dating and then we got married when I was 29. And so I was like, all of my friends were having like their second kid at this right, point. Right. right. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm finally getting married guys. And we went off to Mexico, um, like just our families cool. and got married there. And it was amazing. Like. It was everything. And, and I'm not saying that it's been easy. Obviously marriage is hard. Any relationship is hard, of course. but I wouldn't trade it. I mean, he's the best person that I know and yay! I can't, 
I know it sounds really cheesy, but I, I wouldn't want it any other way. I feel like I'm extremely lucky, especially because, you know, COVID caused me to lose my job. Oil and gas hasn't been that great in Oklahoma City lately. And so I've been kind of a bless his heart, a stay at home dog mom. And I'm, I'm, I, I don't do great at that. I will say, <laughs> I feel the amount of trips to the vet that I've had to Being take. Being a dog mom is hard. I'm a dog mom. It's very it's so hard. hard. It's very hard. And, um, it's like having a child. That's your child. Another reason why I could never be a mom. I'm like, I can barely take care of my dog. This is crazy. I just have such bad dog anxiety. Like, oh my gosh, if I, I, I leaving the house, I'm literally like, yes. I slip out the door and I'm like, if I'm gone for two hours, well, An we hour. have a puppy. Yeah, we have a puppy. And so, and so he came, he's, you know, a COVID puppy. He doesn't know me being gone. He doesn't know what right, that's like. All so the time. Yeah. For me to be gone for a couple of hours, I start getting in my head about it. And I'm like, oh like my she's gosh, mad at he's going to think I, yeah, he's going to be so mad. He, I'm, he's going to think I abandoned him. And that's, I got stupid. this dumbass dog backpack. <laughs> I try to take Gemma everywhere I can. She just sits in this little backpack. I took her today to my to campus, and all these people stare at her. But I'm like, hey, at least she's with me. And then I don't have to deal with walking out the door and seeing her little beady eyes looking at me like, mom. And I think you live in a place where that's totally acceptable. It was, I mean, the shit you see in New York. like I, My husband would die if we could take our dogs everywhere with us. He would... That would he would need nothing else in the world. He always asks when we go on vacation. To bring can the, we dogs? Take the dogs. Yeah, and I'm like, no, we cannot. This is a vacation for me. We're about to. <laughs> I need a break from my children. <laughs> this is Mama's time, okay? Oh. Okay, wait. Did you, did you tell your husband about your experience? Like, did he know about? I mean, obviously, you told him, but like. Everyone always asks, is dating weird having, like, done the show? So He knew, because um, we actually knew each other in, in college, but not great. I mean, he, w- he had a girlfriend all of college. I had boyfriends all of college. And so we knew of each other. And so right when I went to film, like, he knew because I knew his girlfriend at the time. And so he already knew that I went on the show. And so it wasn't weird. It's not like, but his mom is super, she loves reality TV too. And so she thought it was really cool. So I was more open with her about my experience, I think, than I was with him. He just doesn't really care. I mean, he's like, you know, reality TV and social media are the demise of our country. So I, I agree, sort of. <laughs> I'm it's, like, you're it's not like wrong. my career, but it's okay. I know you're not wrong, but like, I'm also not going to stop. Is that? I can't. I'm the world's okayest bachelor commentator. <laughs> How can I stop? <laughs> and so he's like, now he's, I mean, he's supportive of it. He doesn't really care. He doesn't ask. I mean, He's like, yeah, you know, you do that. You guys have fun. I'm going to go upstairs and not be around this. And I'll, I'll go hang out with dogs. Like See you later. Yeah. And he doesn't watch the show at all. He has no, he's like, this is so stupid. You guys are just watching garbage. And I'll I'm go like, watch this? Sports Center, whatever boys watch. Yes. It's always nature shows. <laughs> nature shows. So neat. <laughs> Very nature shows. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee when you're watching The Bachelor, he's watching Nietzsche. (laughs) I'd rather watch Nietzsche. I'd watch Nietzsche walk over Bachelor any day. (laughs) Oh, shit. 
I gotta I gotta put a Nietzsche walk video in my Facebook so everyone knows what we're talking about. Guys, I'm if you so haven't seen what I'm talking of about, I do. Are you kidding? Oh my god, girl, this was so fun. I know. Well, thank you. I really had a great time. It was it was really wonderful to talk to you, and uh, you made me feel super at ease. And I I tend to ramble when I'm nervous or new at things. So, in, girl, you know, yeah. If you uh, need to like cut everything that I say, that's fine. <laughs> Where can everyone follow your okay bachelor commentary? Come on. Um, I am Burley, B-R-L-Y-1786 on Instagram, (laughs) Instagram. And then on TikTok, that was not available. And so I did Burley Vic1786. Is it V-I-C-K or yes? Yes. Burley, which is the last part of my name. B-E-R-L-Y, Vic, V as in Victor, I-C-K, 1786. Okay, will you be my friend forever? Like, seriously. Yes, please. That's the best news I've had all. What a friggin' 2020, joy you are. Thank you, you too. This really was such a pleasure. And I'm, I'm, I'm like beyond, beyond flattered that you reached out to me of and you course. were so sweet. And um, I'm, I'm just really glad that you were you allowed me to be able to tell my story and be honest and i'll text you in five minutes because i'm obsessed with you yay okay i love you i love you you bye